everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. Oh, I'm, um, I was at better lighting in a hotel. This is so upsetting. I feel like you can see my face. Are you sitting in front of a window? Yeah. Well, number one. Yeah. Natural lighting. I've seen <laughs> do they always I've put the desks in front of a window? It seems like they do. Yeah. I guess it's the hotel like, no, you really are having a good time. Look at all this sunlight. Yeah. You're not just in a box getting work done. You're vacationing at work. <laughs> It's funny though, the, the desks in front of a window are never good views. They're always like, I'm looking at like buildings in a highway, like almost every single window in front, like, but like when it is a beautiful view, the, ho- the, t- the desk isn't there because they want you to go enjoy beauty, I guess. Did I tell you when I was in Birmingham that I was at a hotel and I opened the curtain and it was just scaffolding with tarp yes. and I was like, no fucking way am I spending the whole weekend looking at scaffolding with tarp. Plus, like, I, <laughs> I was making a tea and getting all like settled in. And then I go to like drink the tea, and then this just this builder just walks by. <laughs> I was like, yeah, can't have it. But no. the, whole, the whole building was covered in tarp. The stairwell, there was it was covered in tarp. And then I asked somebody downstairs, and she said, yes, it was covered in tarp. And then one of the other headliners, showed me a picture of his room and I was like you have a view like I was so mad <laughs> I was I just it, covered. I know it's important to you because I've always known that about you but I can't even tell you how little I relate to that anger really? like I just I would it would bother me that somebody's passing by like I don't like I want to have some semblance of privacy but to look out my window and not have a view like I'm either working in my room, sleeping in my room, or not in my room. Like it if I'm makes going to enjoy me feel like I'm a rat in a box. Hmm, is that what I want? I feel like I don't know. I just feel trapped. I feel like I feel like I just have a wall in front of my eyes. But like if that was your home, I completely get it. Home makes sense. This is where I spend my time and I don't want to feel like my home is a trap. But if I'm in a hotel for three days, I'm like, I don't fucking live here. I don't care about this place. Like it's like not liking the way, like the wallpaper, like who gives a fuck? You were here for three days. Like, I guess my perspective is I don't need anything that's three days long to be that great. Water pressure is the only time that, water pressure, if the water's cold, I was like, I will burn this to the ground. Like I just feel like crazy where I'm like, that's the only thing you're supposed to do better than my own home. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's because like, I used to just be excited to be in any hotel because it was like better than my normal living situation. Now that I like where I live, I'm like, I'm not going to spend three days like this. I don't deserve this. I'm better than this. (laughs) I, yeah. Cause even when I was in, um, Cardiff, the hotel we stayed at, like it used to be the, like a hotel owned by John Malkovich. And I guess there were pictures of John Malkovich all over the, like in every room. Weird. Which is, yeah, I was going to say, which is not a delight. (laughs) Like that's not, 
not a selling point. No. And then the window, so the windows had like this uh, treatment on it. It was supposed to be able to keep heat in or whatever. It was supposed to be like for temperature, but the treatment was getting old. So you couldn't see out the windows anymore. It was becoming opaque. And like all the windows were like that. And on top of that, there wasn't any like circulating air. So they only had two fans in the room and not being able to see out the window. I was like, I'm not living like that. I'm not doing. And I, so I started looking at, um, Airbnbs and hotels. I was like Cardiff, like how expensive, really expensive. Everything (laughs) at least was 300 pounds that weekend. Jesus. Sucked. Um, I can't, as soon as you say his name, I'll know it. Uh, the British comedian, the British office, what's his name? Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. So I saw an interview with Ricky Gervais and he will not do any gigs that aren't close to a like, like five-star like elite hotel. And it was just like, so literally he'll like turn down gigs if they're not close enough to the hotel. And I was like, and then you start to see like the difference between just like, like I'm, you know, I'm in a, I'm in an A-loft, which I think is part of Marriott or whatever. So like, you know, we're staying in like regular hotels. I wouldn't say they're like great or, or not great. They're just kind of in the middle, like a Hilton or a Marriott or an A-loft. They're like, just fine. But then you start to see the accommodations of the, and you're just like, I want to be there. I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be there where you're just like, no, if it's not superior or on par with my living, I do not go to that town. I I mean, I kind of got it. Like, it sounds like he's being a dick, but I do get it. Um, Because one of the hotels in whatever fucking city I was in, I don't know anymore. Like it was, it was only a four minute walk. So I couldn't Uber, but the walk was the most obnoxious walk. It was a seven minute walk. It was the most obnoxious walk because it was like crossing a roundabout. So I had to, to cross the street. You couldn't just cross the street. You had to cross this street then this part, this small tunnel and then this street. And then you crossed it. And it was just, I got an Uber once and the guy was like, you're a three minute walk away. I was like, it's a seven minute walk. And but what do you care? I'm paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck off. I, uh, I had a big box of my books when I was in Atlanta and I had to take, I had to take an Uber that is truly like probably the equivalent, like a five, seven minute walk. And it cost $15. And like they said they would pay. And I told them like, can somebody pick me up? I cannot walk. I have, this box is too heavy for me. And they're like, just take an Uber. And then when they saw it was like 15, 16 bucks, they're like, why'd you do that? And I was like, I explained this. I, exp- I can't, I can't. <laughs> like the Uber driver was like a little weirded out. I wanted to be like, everybody touch this, bo- this box. Everybody carry it and tell me that I did the wrong thing. I'm not yeah. explaining myself. <laughs> My brother's like, sometimes you have to take a, a, like a drive so short that you like pretend to have a limp. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, some diseases you can't see. oh my 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 ankle (laughs) i shouldn't have to explain my disabilities which is that i'm weak yeah (laughs) um you want to get announcements yeah okay patreons people that give us money people that support us thank you so much we are super grateful we've had some um uh new patreons Uh, i hope you're enjoying the early access the bone the weekly bonuses uh we have monthly bonuses you get stickers you can control our googles you can be a google guest um, we are so grateful for you. And, uh, and yeah, if you are, are not a Patreon and want to join, you can go to patreon.com slash two non-doctors, full word doctors. And you can follow us on the socials uh, at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at two non-doctors, full word doctors. And on Instagram at two non-DRS. 
Um, and if you have time and you're feeling kind, leave us a rate and review because it helps us get seen. It helps us. We feel great. We share it on our socials. We get really excited. So, so excited. Yeah. So, um, and thanks to everyone who's done that already. <laughs> Sorry, you got so serious. You're like Facebook, Instagram. Like it was just like so. <laughs> I like... wanted to get through it without like stumbling. So I just went slower. Yeah. But it, it sounded like you were asking truly for like money for the needy. You're like, yeah. Cue the Sarah McLaughlin. It just got so serious. Um, and then are you touring anywhere? Do you have any dates to plug? Well, uh, I'll be in London for the rest of the year. And then you and I are doing a show in New York on December 29th at, at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Yeah. So we're doing, we're both going to do stand up, and then we're going to do a live taping in two non-doctors. A uh, ticket link is already on my website. Um, and then I am also co-headlining in Charlottesville, Virginia and Watertown, Massachusetts in November. And then I'm headlining at Laughs in Seattle, November 26th and 27th, right after Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, so come see us and fan mail, fan mail, fan mail. Yeah. I, I got to say, we, we got a lot of, um, I don't know if fan mail is the word, but we yeah, got yeah, a lot yeah. of email <laughs> and comments. Well, well, we, so it clearly, this is where like buzzwords or certain hashtags take you outside of your fan base, which is great. Although I think some of these guys aren't coming back, but um, <laughs> we, it, our episode kind of exploded for us and uh, we got, we got some people that were supportive. It was hard. Some people would just like read the headline or read the stuff. And like, they were like, a, they didn't, don't know it's a comedy podcast. Not to say that we're not thoughtful and take take uh, precautions and understanding of the topics we bring, but some of them were just like, this This was, well, one guy was just like, what, you only talk about the topic for 20 minutes? What is this shit? And we're like, hey man. Yeah, he was like, this is clickbait at its worst. It was like, we just, this is the this is the way our podcast works and nobody's yeah. complained so far because it's just been people who listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, and you're making jokes? Get, again, I, if you just- Look, it's a comedy podcast. You don't know anything about it's like, yeah, not yeah. There's no hidden agenda. That's the thing, is like when people are like, hey, this is this tea makes you sleep. It's called sleepy time tea. Like there, I don't know what we're doing here. Like it was just a little bit like I was like, don't get me wrong, I I love new fans or people that discover us, but don't like come in and be like, I hate your structure. You should have told us that a year and a half ago. That's yeah, that's on you, buddy. Yeah. Also, like, and I hate to say you know, cause I've seen, I've seen like right-wing comedians use the same argument about like why Chappelle should talk about whatever he wants, but like hearing buzzwords does just make you lose your mind immediately. So it's, yeah. I didn't take a stance for pro circumcision on that podcast, but apparently yeah. I did. <laughs> I got called ignorant and anti-male and like, I'm just like, guys, I was just presenting that point of view. I don't give a shit. I, I think what's up, this is the thing that I wish men would take into account, which is that women's bodies are constantly talked about constantly regulated and it's always done by the opposite sex in a lot of ways and when women go hey you don't know if you're talking about medically you don't know what you're talking about with how it feels so get step out of the conversation completely valid so here you have two women talking about male bodies literally from a hey i saw this on the internet and i'm just trying to understand it in no way did i feel either of us were saying we were just being like oh i learned a lot from this article oh there was this point or oh i heard this experience from people and that's why we always say after every episode we're always wrong tell us why we're wrong but like to be like you're bad people that's the kind of stuff where you're like hey man it's a comedy podcast where we present topics yeah we're morons yeah listen to every episode 
yeah. we've always said we're morons. Yeah, we did say but, like, yeah, like, like neither of us are male. <laughs> we don't know any. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. So here, yeah. So here's one because last week I think we shared one, or maybe two weeks ago we shared one um, in support of not getting circumcised. And uh, this person writes in um, about how he got circumcised as an adult, and it wasn't for like medical reasons. So yeah. um, he says. Hi, thanks for the thoughtful recent podcast dealing with the pros and cons of circumcision. I thought I'd chime in with the experience-based perspective. I got circumcised at 25 and I'm now 37. Honestly, I've not regretted it for a moment. For me, it was not medically necessary, though I had grown up insecure about having foreskin as one of the only uncircumcised guys. Ironically, I'd gotten over that by the time I had my circumcision done. My then long-term girlfriend, now long-term wife, had made her pre preference for circumcised known gently enough without her suggesting I consider actually getting it done. I decided to do it just before we got engaged when she had been traveling. The difference in sensation during sex turned out to be much more intense and direct. I can now always feel so much more of her. With foreskin during sex, you are basically feeling more of your own skin going back and forth, more the way masturbation feels. Masturbation is less easy, but that's easily solved by lube. Impromptu oral is now a huge plus as well. Non-sexually, it is just much more comfortable throughout the day. I really have not lost sensitivity either, which goes against one of the main arguments to not circumcise. Knowing what I know now, I'd prefer if I had been circumcised as a baby. The procedure for an adult takes a long time to heal and carries more risk. It's lucky for me that everything went fine. I can see no benefit to having had foreskin. It was just something I'd gotten used to. And now being without it is just much better in every way. I'm happy to answer any questions, Vince. First of all, perfect fan email. Can you just put that out there? <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect fan email. Didn't get too into details. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't learn anything I didn't want to learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, but very thoughtful on both the, the aspects that we talked about, which is, um, you know, people saying that there's less pleasure or, you know, um, it doesn't, you know, less sensation if you do get circumcised. So also just how it feels um, in general and taking, you know, taking care of it. And here's somebody that had it for up to 25 years and now for over 10 years hasn't had it. So, I mean, I absolutely, and we got a couple, actually a couple of uh, emails I saw from people that got circumcised as an adult with pretty similar um, experiences to Vince where, you know, it wasn't enjoyable healing from it, but it also wasn't that big of a deal to get it. And there was no kind of side effects and it was either a medical reason they needed it or like Vince said, it was something that he chose to do for his wife, which, you know, there's a lot of things that you choose to do for your partner where you think about somebody getting, you know, um, uh, uh, what is it called? A vasectomy? If they no longer want to have, yeah, they hate that. <laughs> it's crazy. I've actually run into a couple of friends where their husbands will not get it. And you're like, it's reversible. It's an in-house procedure. It's not a big deal. Ours is a big deal. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, yeah. But you could just take a pill every day and then, you know, gain and your hormones could be messed up and you can, yeah, and and you're going to feel awful all the, the time. You used to be. Yeah. Ugh, Zombie of yourself. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. No worries, everybody. But no, I, I, I absolutely appreciate that perspective. And I think that's what's so difficult about this topic is that is Vince going around telling people that story? You know what I mean? Like this is, it's just like all the taboo topics that have to do with women. There's so many things that are just underground that people don't want to talk about that if he might have talked about that with people they might shout at him or get mad at him where it was interesting I was walking in New York City um, last weekend with my brother and there was a big truck that was an anti-circumcision truck 
which is crazy. So keep in mind, I, I don't know if it was a protest, or, but it was literally a truck. And then it had almost like, you know, how Scientology will have like pamphlets just standing outside of it. So there were no people around. And that might've been because it was starting to close down. But I was like, wow, like it's right in Union Square, big like anti-circumcision truck with pamphlets. And I was like, my brother made a really interesting case where he's like, I get it. Like I get that being something you care about, but like, why is that the rock you stand on right now with everything that's going on? Like, like, why is that the most important thing in your, your life? And not to dismiss it, but I was like, oh, I mean, that's kind of a good point. Like maybe if it's causing you a lot of problems, but I don't know, my vagina causes me problems and it's, you know, it's just me complaining to my friends and then I move on with my day. But yeah, I get that everybody's different sensitivities. And I also understand that too. I'm not going to tell somebody to just deal with the pain when that's how I've dealt with it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do think we got a lot of interesting emails while at different perspectives. I think maybe we'll read like one or two more throughout the stuff. Just I don't, so. I don't ever want to touch it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Great. great no, okay. Um, um, but, but I, I do, I think that's what has been that's what I do like about our podcast is that we do have so many people chime in and be like, oh, nobody's ever said this. And I am glad that a bunch of women brought this up. And some people are like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And here's some education, but I, both perspectives I appreciate. Yeah. 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 So thank you for Thanks, writing man. in Vince. Google's convinced us. <laughs> you're going to have to take a break, Maria. I'm going to just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I go first? Yeah. On my Googles. Okay. So I've been flying a lot the last couple of weeks and this was what, two days ago when I was flying. So when I was waiting to line up to get onto the plane, someone's perfume was so strong. Yeah. So strong that I was like, I immediate and like in the morning, I don't really eat. Cause it's like, sometimes it's like 5.00 AM. I'm like, I'm not going to eat at five. There's no reason to eat at 5.00 AM. I'm just not going to do it. And I'll just sleep on the plane and I'll wake up and I'll get food. So, but I think when I have an empty stomach and something makes me nauseous, I was just a mess. So anyway, I could, I was like, literally like who smells like they dumped their body in, in perfume at 5.00 AM. And it looked like it was this woman in front of me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly my goal. I will find you. So <laughs> I think I find her and I try to get away from her. So I'm just kind of standing further away. Then I get on the plane. She's across the aisle from me. Oh no. And it is so intense, dude. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm going to vomit. It made me feel so nauseous. And that's happened to me a bunch. Like I was on a plane a couple of weeks ago and I'm sitting in the front row and it's me, a guy and a girl next to the window. And the girl has this, like, it's not even perfume. It's like clearly like some kind of antibacterial spray. She's spraying it everywhere, everywhere. So she sprays the seat. She sprays her purse. She sprays the window. Then we sit in the plane. I'm like almost dying, almost dying. Then the plane lands. She does it again. And I see her boyfriend put his hand on her and I don't hear him, but he's definitely being like, please stop. And I was like, thank you. Cause I almost said something. I almost been like, what are you doing? We're in an enclosed box and you're yeah. spraying. What is what probably is poison. Like I'd rather get COVID than whatever the fuck you're spraying. It was so bad. So. Wait, can I say a few things before you launch into yes. your Google? Um, yeah. that's a nightmare. I think because <laughs> airports have the perfume, like the tax-free perfume section, I think people end up just spraying that right before they get on a plane and oh then just God. like upsetting everyone. Torture. Um, it is absolute torture. The other thing is that I took a class the other day and 
they, the person, the, like somebody came in at the last minute and sat down right next to me. And I, there were a few empty seats and maybe people had their shit on those seats. Maybe I was the easiest person to sit next to, but you know, when somebody's like on top of you when they sit next to you and you're just like, did you have to, yeah. like, do you have to be on top of me? Could you adjust the seat to try to, cause there's nobody on the other side of him. Like, to, to like, like acknowledge my existence. Cause I already have a thing about that. Cause I already, already yeah. feel really small guys. Yeah. But on top of that, he had a, he had a cologne on, which it didn't smell bad. It was just strong. So like the goodness of the way it smelled, like it was negated by how strong it was. Yeah. And I smelled it the whole class. You know how you can get used to a scent? Did not yeah. get used to it. Yeah, no. The whole class. And if this dude's like already on top of you and the cologne is on top of you, you're like, I can't focus. Like I literally cannot focus. I am surprised I got a bachelor's degree because I can't deal with a lot of things. <laughs> I can't be around people. If someone's chewing gum, it's over. I can't concentrate. The class is small enough that if I move away from somebody chewing gum, like I, I'd have to leave the class. Just realize if you were in an office, you would be the people that tweet about you. Like you'd be like, oh my God, Maria, she rearranged the entire desk. Somebody, she's been hiding someone's gum every day. Like <laughs> I just realized that like the quirky things that happen in an office, they would, it's you. That this would be you. The butter sandwich is too chewy. It's too chewy. <laughs> We're going to ask you not to bring in peanut butter sandwiches anymore. Okay. Oh my God. This is now I realize some people can't be in an office and that's you. I'm it's a debilitating problem and it's not recognized by anyone. As yeah. No. Oh my God. You steal office gums. You would go from like literally cubicle to cubicle and you'd be like, I, um, Sarah, I think, I think HR was asking for you. And then you'd be like, ah, I, I, just, I have done that. I told you about that once how like a bunch of us got into this Uber after a show. And, um, my friend, Nicole was like, does anybody want any gum? Pulls out two packs of gum for six people. And everybody's like, oh yeah, me. And I was like, no, and, I took, <laughs> I took both of them. and she was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, you will get this back at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay right. so apparently your 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 sound is my smell because I, I am very affected by smell and I was like why and I, this is the craziest I just started buying perfume you got me my first perfume ever and it's my favorite but I it's I use it probably once a week and I very sparingly mm -hmm. and then I started buying other perfumes but I have to a have to have eaten and b it has to be like sparingly and I, and I have to be going outdoors like I almost I almost have to like air it out a little bit because I can't have too strong of a smell on me. Anyway, um, why does perfume make me nauseous is my Google. And they say the physical, physiological aspect may have something to do with um, irritation of the mucous membranes in our noses. So the cigarette smell is a common culprit for people. Also what's happening in the brain. Um, it's also what's happening in your brain. It's like fragrances can trigger certain pathways that stimulate what's called the vomit center. And what I should have done is then started Googling the vomit center, but I was like, oh my God, I have a vomit center. Like, like, <laughs> it's so exciting. But it is, it's, I've, I've never been a perfume person. I've always felt like perfume smelled like rubbing alcohol to me. And my adult fascination with it, meaning like the last couple of years has been trying to find ones that don't smell like rubbing alcohol, which is very few. And then depending on the day, sometimes I like the scent and sometimes I don't, which is also super weird. So I don't know if that has to do with like my, my mucous membranes are in a different place that day. Like, cause sometimes I'll smell burning perfume and I'll be like, no, not where. And then some days I'm like, Ooh, it smells like honeysuckle. This is nice. What your perfume or other people's? Mine, like the ones that I've purposely bought because I literally did not own perfume until you bought me 
that fresh perfume a couple of years ago. Right. But I'm asking like within, like with the same perfume can smell different to you. Like sometimes yeah. you're tolerant of it and sometimes you're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some days it makes me sick. And some days I'm like, this is pretty. So I also wonder if like, depending on what I ate that day, maybe if I'm sick, maybe if my nose was irritated by allergies or what have you, like, I wonder I, if. I also that- think it's also like, um, hormonal changes, oils, your bodies are giving yeah. off. Have you applied it after a shower or like well into your day when you had more oils on your skin? Like there's so many things that affect a scent. Yeah, that's really true too. Cause they even tell you when you spray the perfume on like a piece of paper, like they give you at the stores, that, that's not the actual smell because when it mixes with the oils on your skin, it's a different smell. Yeah. I've never bought perfume based off a piece of paper. I have to spray it on my wrists and then I leave. And then if I still like it in a few hours, I'll buy it. But if I don't, cause oftentimes I'm like, oh my God, this is the best scent ever. I love it so much. And then like two hours later, I'm like, I cannot stand this fucking scent. <laughs> What's also interesting is Burkash gave me this like sample perfume and I love it. Like it's just soft enough and it's pretty enough, but it doesn't stick. Like it's yeah. there for like, honestly, a half hour. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to douse myself in this stuff. I almost feel like I put it on and then I have to like hug somebody. So they just know that I smelled good. Yeah. But that might be because it's an eau rather than an actual full on perfume. An eau de parfum is like, I guess, a watered down perfume, but it's less strong than like if you got an actual perfume, perfume, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I didn't know that. And it is, it was like a sample thing that he got. Yeah. So it's probably just like, oh, so if you do like the scent, if you look at like the actual perfume of it, if it's available, you, it might last longer. Just learned, just learned something. We all just learned something guys. Um, what was your Google Maria? Oh, um, I thought, did you go through your Google? I feel like I talked over it the whole time. No, 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 I did. It's Pathways, Vomit Center. Everybody was like, wow, I learned so much. Okay, my Google. Uh, what I Google? I Googled, actually, weirdly, also similar to Sense because I Googled like what happens to a candle when it burns? Where does it go? Oh. Where does a candle go, go when it burns? Huh? It feels like, that feels like both like a really thoughtful question and a little kid question. It's, it's definitely a child question because it's like, obviously the air is stupid, but what I couldn't like, what I couldn't figure out was because sometimes when you burn a candle, like some of it disappears and then some of it remains. So it's like, if you burn yeah, a yeah. candle for like a few hours, half of it'll be gone. But then the puddle that's in there just resolidifies. I'm like, why doesn't it all just become a puddle and resolidify? Like, why do candles even go down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why isn't it just like getting, getting soft and then getting hard again? Like, why is it not just yes. like this? Yeah because some of it evaporates, but some of it like spittles off. And then that becomes the pool of wax in the, in the thing that rehardens. I just realized I like the word spittle. Spittle is a great word. Um, and so the, 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 so like when the wax burns, it becomes a mix of hydrogen and carbon. So it becomes CO2 in the air and water vapors, which isn't good for you in large quantities, but generally with a candle, it's the same amount another human would emit from themselves. So it's not harmful. But if your like room isn't well ventilated, everything in the candle ends up in the air. So that's why it's kind of important what kind of candle you get. Like you can just get like one of those air wick candles that are like, like, like fragrancy. And so it's just, I thought that that was interesting that the amount produced was just what like is breathed by another person. Cause everyone's always like candles are dangerous free. You shouldn't be smelling it. You know? Although it makes me think of like old times where everything was lit by candles where like, you know what I mean? You go into a house and it's like, now they're spooky, but that's used to be how you, that's how see. people saw, but they didn't yeah. have 
uh, lavender vanilla sandalwood scented candles. It was just oh, it's white. Yeah, because I wouldn't have been able to stay in their home. No. <laughs> so, I would have walked in. I'd been like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. And the article also said that the um, candle that goes out into the air after a year will cover it. Like the particles that are in the air will end up going around the globe. Really? Yeah. And is that like when you touch a rail and it's sticky and you're like, this was a candle from XY street down the road. Yeah. Does it just become dust in somebody in South Korea's home? Like what? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? I want to see a diagram. I don't get it. There was a diagram, but it was really stupid. It was like earth burn the candle earth six months after you burn the candle and like half of it was black and then earth a year after you burn the candle and the whole thing was black. It was Oh my God, that's how we're, maybe that's what we need to do is burn more candles and that'll give us an ozone layer again. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. I feel like I've read something from Highlights Magazine. Do you remember Highlights Magazine? Yes, the best magazine. Yeah, but this was, this was an article in the New York Times. So <laughs> I only have I 27 what, articles left. I think that's what happens with us is that like somebody really smart writes it and we're like, we'll dumb it down <laughs> so everybody can understand. And they're just like, no. No, they definitely misconstrued this whole article. <laughs> I'm like, so a butterfly will have soot on its face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we learned some stuff or didn't learn some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, burn your candles. Have some fun. Uh, let's get personal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna change are you it. Okay. But yeah, but we'll um we'll do it anyway. Um okay, you are mayor of Liz Mealyville. Mealyville. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're only allowed one fast food restaurant. Which one do you choose? Okay. So initially it was, it was in and out. It's not, and I think some of that has to do with the fact that it's not on the East coast. And I feel like I only get to have in and out like once or twice a year when I'm on like the West coast or wherever the fuck they have in and outs. And then it was Wendy's, but I was like, I'm using Wendy's just from like my Wendy's pick is like a childhood where that was my favorite fast food place. So of course I was like, well, Wendy's, but then as an adult, I think it's in and out. So yeah. good. And I really, and I really just think it's because I don't have it here. Like I bet you in my town, I would put it in and out. And after three weeks, I'd be like, fuck this place. I don't choose in and out. Yeah. Rally's has great price. So the reason I even thought of this question is because like a Wendy's opened up in London and the line was two hours long for a while. No. Yeah. And so, but I considered standing in that line because I just missed Wendy's so much. I was like, I kind of I love Wendy and I'm telling everybody about Wendy's I'm like I'm like the I was guys the patties are square like just trying to square and then because they're square like whatever shit comes off the patty goes into the chili and then you take the the fries and the chili and you put frosty in it and no that's not how you but I did miss a Wendy's and I was like you know what fast food actually means a lot more to me than I realized because of the nostalgia you know like yeah McDonald's that's why I even chose Wendy's it was just it's the nostalgia of it like was my favorite place when I went there I was like or even like when I used to travel on the road like a a Wendy's near the hotel was like gold to me yeah I don't eat it now but it's just like it just I don't know there it there is something about like you know my mom was like I'm not cooking do you want Wendy's yes this is the best day of my life oh my god yeah and on top of that Wendy's is from Columbus so like oh. he used to go on class field trips to the original Wendy's. Like, what are we doing guys? Why? Oh, this cool. is why I'm a non-doctor. Um, <laughs> Both because that was a class trip and that was your diet. And it's just like, 
guys, I could have been like five, four, like, what are we doing? Yeah. So this was a hard one for me because uh, there's so many near and dear places to my heart. So Wendy's for that reason, McDonald's, just because like I grew up eating McDonald's happy meals, you know, but I'll pick a a Whopper over a burger, a Big Mac, like any day. And then there's Del Taco for all those drunken late nights I had in LA. (laughs) But if we're eliminating Chipotle, which I think I would go Chipotle as my. I know. I actually was surprised that that wasn't, that's what I think of you is like, like somebody that's just like, give me all the guac. It's on the ground, like the best. It's the best. I, I will eat. Yeah. I, I have eaten Chipotle like on a daily basis. It's not a problem for me. I love it. But um, let's just eliminate Chipotle because that's the obvious answer. I think I'd go Burger King. What? Shocker. I love- <laughs> Shocker. Just my mind is blown. Really? I love a Whopper. I fucking love a Whopper with cheese. This is my favorite sandwich. Uh, that being said, uh, Kyle Kinane, his more most recent album, I think it came out in 2020. He has a 20 minute bit about trying to get a Whopper in Canada as he was getting kicked out of the country. I played it for my brother. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. It's a 20 minute bit about getting kicked out of Canada and trying to get a Whopper as he waits for his new flight. And it is one of the funniest bits ever written at all on all time. Oh, man, that's I recommend amazing. it to everybody. Yeah. Um, I think that album is something trampoline. I don't know. It's red. Um, but I literally had to play it for my brother. But when you say Whopper, that's all I can hear is him trying to say Whopper in French because he thought they didn't understand what he was saying. Wapier, Wapier, fromage, fromage, Wapier. Just screaming it. Um, yeah, I I feel nothing towards Burger King, and that was the place that um, when I was in high school, hanging out with all these punk kids. It was like the time I was like building a friendship and like doing drugs and being myself. We would literally loiter and hang out in the booths of Burger King for hours, like playing like fountain drinks. We did that. I'm sure. I'm sure. And like just throwing ketchup packets at each other, just being the worst kind of teenagers. And I still would not choose Burger King. And I have like fond degenerate memories. Here's what I love about a Whopper, right? The flame grill taste, which I'm sure they add in because I don't think they're actually sitting over a flame. And the, the ketchup mayo mix with the flame grilled cheese is just, it's, I could actually have, when I would try to do the vegetarian thing in high school, I would eat Whopper Juniors with cheese, but without the meat. And it was the same for me. Like the, the, the combination of the crisp lettuce with the mayo ketchup mix with the, with the, I don't know if the bun had that flavor on it too. I don't know, but whatever it was, I didn't even need the meat. It was just such a perfect combo. Have you ever tried to like, you know, when tre- people tried to make their version of something like they're like oh I love the Whopper I'm gonna make the healthy non-chemical version of it have you ever tried to chemicals are what I like I know of course of course 100% like without that without the chemicals it's just it's just like um it's just a burger you make at home (laughs) I'm not disagreeing I mean as somebody that ate tasty cakes and was like a huge tasty cake fanatic somewhere in the early 2000s they're like we're gonna get rid of trans fats because they're so bad and then I was like but that was the best part. That was what was tasty. <laughs> I liked the trans fats. I think, I don't even know if I like sugar. I think I like trans fats. Yeah. I'm pro trans fats. And I, I never mean, I liked them anymore. Never liked the burger sauce on the, the McDonald's burger sauce, like the, the Big Mac. Never, never liked the Big Mac. What's crazy is I, I, I definitely know I eat some form of fast food, but the main ones, they, they mess me up. So I actually haven't had Wendy's, Burger King or McDonald's in probably over 10 years. Um, you know, I'll still like get like five guys is a fast food and in and out is fast food. So I'll get some version and I'm getting these bunless because I can't have yeast. So I'm not completely hundred percent away from fast food, but like the main three 
like probably rotting your inside ones. I haven't had it in a while, but it doesn't mean I don't think of them fondly and yeah. wish for, you know, drunken days. Like that's when they you're are, drunk. That's they the are addicting. And Johnny just moved by McDonald's and sometimes I'll miss the train and I'll have 15 minutes and I'm just so tempted to go to McDonald's. But I know that once I have a McDonald's, that habit is now locked in. It just takes one yes. time. It's locked in. Yeah. Now I'm going to want McDonald's every time I go there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a mixture of an addiction. And then also like, I wonder if it almost, those chemicals are almost like alcohol. Like, like, you know how you can like drink when you're younger and you either don't have a hangover or the hangover isn't that bad. I feel like I would eat McDonald's and I wouldn't get that sick or, or I wouldn't get sick at all. And then as I got older, I just, I would get sicker and sicker and I would get sicker earlier. Like my stomach would used to only hurt the next day. Now it hurts 10 minutes after I eat it. I, because I used to eat fast food every day, like maybe three times a day. Sometimes like it was not a problem. I also had like cystic acne that was just fucking ridiculous. And I think as you get older and you're able to like eat for yourself and the more we know about fast food, like we're eating a lot healthier and a lot cleaner. So when we do have something like that, I don't think it fucks us up differently. I think we just notice more because we don't yeah. feel that bad. And then you, I, cause like, I'll have a Burger King. I had one, I'm like maybe a year ago or something like, uh, at a train station and I just felt like shit. And it was just, yeah. I probably felt like that all the time. I was just used to it. Yeah. And I def- my stomach hurt my entire childhood. And when I found I was allergic to yeast, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. I never, never felt good after eating a bagel or a sandwich or pizza, but it was, that's what I ate every day. Also, so- I want, yeah, I want to say like the combination of the salt, the sugar, and, and there is a lot of sugar because Subway, it wasn't um, deemed essential for, because it was uh yeah, so they said their bread wasn't bread. It was dessert. So um, the combination of salt, sugar, and fat are, is like the most addicting combination. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, topic? Yes. Our topic this week is piercings. We did a tattoo topic, I don't know, a couple months ago or so. And um, it's funny. I don't, I don't even remember it. I don't remember doing anything about tattoos. Yeah, we did. Okay, good for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked about tattoos. Um, Glad you were present. Um, uh, I just have my ears pierced. I got my ears pierced when I was 13. We had a rule in my family that you had to be 13 to get your ears pierced. Like it was like a rite of passage. I think it was just my dad being controlling. But in some ways, I'm kind of great. Great. Probably wanted to make sure like you were feminine. Feminine? Yeah, piercings are feminine for girls. So it's just like he was probably like, just to make sure my girls are girly, get your ears pierced. No, it wasn't. You have to. We had to like. We wanted to get it done at like eight, and he's like, "Oh, no, he didn't want to let you do it earlier." Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was more like um, um, you have to be adult. The same way that you're like, if we get a dog, you have to take care of it, and are you mature enough to take care of it? I think it was more like that. Like, are you mature enough to take care of your ear holes? Yeah, because you do have to do some maintenance to it. Yeah, because you know, there's people that get it done as a baby, and then I feel like it's some people just whenever their kids ask, and then there's other people that like you need to be an adult. I had them I had my ears pierced as a baby did you that's Mm -hmm. so cute yeah I don't get that totally but I do think it's cute when babies have jewelry from what I read into it it's a brown people thing to do (laughs) like in in Hinduism it might be for religion but otherwise like Latin America Africa India and the Middle East all pierce their girls ears as babies and is it it's just like a cultural like like yeah, you're a girl now just a cultural thing it's just like so is it since we did do an episode on circumcision is it like boys lose their fork, foreskin and girls get their ears pierced and you're like you are boys and girls now that's the like, thing maybe yeah some some people like do this weird like thing where you're just like 
why is that what we choose to do? Some people do equate it to like um, mutilation and child abuse, but like, I don't- Getting your ears pierced? Yeah. Wow, interesting. I don't, I mean, white people who are always like, you can't do that to your children. I don't remember getting my ears pierced. I don't remember it hurting and I don't feel like I was traumatized by it, but maybe I am. I don't think so though. I don't know because there's definitely like, it's the equivalent of getting a shot and you have to get vaccines. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that's, that's a little bit of a silly argument to me. I mean, the nice thing, like if you gave your baby a tattoo, I think you'd be like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know what I mean? You'd be like, Uh, heart. (laughs) yeah, you're like, why does it say mom? I don't even like you. Um, me forever. But, but, you know, um, for the most part, piercings, depending on where you get them, most piercings close up. So even if you did get your ears pierced as a baby, if you decided at 15, you don't want it anymore, they will close up. No, they might take a while. Yeah. Some of it depends. Like even long-term piercings can close up even on your ears. You can more easily re-pierce them. And some of them absolutely don't, but we're, I'm talking about literally a regular piercing, nothing that has any gauges or gets bigger. No, I know what you mean, but I just, I think they stay open for, I mean, and maybe some people will heal themselves, but I don't, I think generally like they'll stay open forever. Um, I've had several piercings. You I got most of them as a teenager. Right? Yeah. Still have a nose piercing. And when then so, so interestingly, it'll close up a little bit. So I'll have to get like a really thin gauge if I haven't had a piercing in it for a while and then to open it back up. And then I can slowly fit like larger gauges in, but I don't generally want to, but, um, what, what, what was the question? When did you get that? Your nose? I, think I was like 17. And what other piercings have you gotten? Um, I have my eyebrow pierced, belly button, tongue. What? Uh, I didn't know about all these. I had this chin thing. I forget what it's called. Wow. I like piercings. I, I mean, my dad would have murdered me, so I never got anything. I thought about getting an eyebrow. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. I mean, they're all so tacky, but like, you know, in the nineties, I was, I, I couldn't, for some reason it was just like, once I got the idea in my head to get it, I was like, I have to get one. I just have to, like, I just kept, I remember I kept pinching my eyebrows, like a little obsessive. I, I mean, I wouldn't say they're tacky. I think it just depends on where you get them, how you take care of them and how you accessorize them. Because I think, I mean, sometimes I think it's, it's the same way somebody gets too many tattoos. It's just an addiction. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're addicted to both the pain, you're addicted to something new, you're you're addicted to kind of the control. You're no longer getting something because it's um, not a choice, but like it it becomes something where you're like a feeling that you're chasing, like that adrenaline, like, um, like a general adrenaline junkie, but it has to do with, you know what I mean? Like, if I see somebody with a couple of tattoos, I think, oh, there's somebody that likes art and they like tattoos. If I see somebody covered in tattoos, I'm like, go to therapy. Oh yeah. 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 Just what are you doing? Yeah. And among like my friend groups, like it just was, everyone was getting all kinds of piercings. So it wasn't even, and I was, I wasn't by far like one of the ones doing the most, like they were getting spacers and like, what else? Like there were tongue piercings. Like I can't remember somebody got like two or somebody was like, I'm going to split my tongue and you get into body modification gets a little strange, but um, I had a roommate that got um, piercings down her spine. Yeah. And they were rejected. So I yes. remember it was, this was freshman year. I wasn't close with her, but her, so, you know, four people to a, uh, to like a, a little place and then two people in each room and they shared a room together. And I think her name was Robin. She's like, Robin wants me to go with her. So I'm going to go with her. So she takes off 
her shirt and this guy pierces down her thing. And by the, I would say a couple months later, they all rejected it. So she paid all this money to get this thing done. And then because it's not like something like an ear or a nose where it's like, I don't know what the difference in, but like her whole body rejected it. That and is it was like, called, and I have it written down, they're called dermal piercings. So yeah, so what they're is, really complicated. They put a hole in your skin and then like, they make like a kind of a pocket. And so, and then it puts the base, which I forget, is, is it called the base? It's called the anchor. And they put the anchor in. Sometimes we'll parent, like I was looking at pictures, like those are really pretty. I'm like, am I about to get another one? Um, but they'll have like, <laughs> it's like you like, get super influence. on their collarbone or something. And it's like really just kind of beautiful. But um, you you know, they put them in and then, and then put the, so that's called the anchor. And then the topper is what they put on top and you can interchange them and stuff. And so, but you're in your skin, right? Yeah. Like the, the, there's something inside your skin and then you see the piercing outside the skin. Yeah. So that's one of the risks. Is it being fully rejected? It could be displaced where the anchor becomes dislodged and either just comes out or like moves to a different part of your skin. Yeah. It gets, it gets a kind of, kind of, um, messy, but <laughs> I'd never even heard of that when I was doing piercings, when I was a teen all those years ago, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but like everybody I knew got their belly button pierced. I think my older sister did. I don't, I don't like my belly button and I don't like, that's one of those things where I'm like, if I'm going to get pierced it's because I like it. So like, I love nose rings, but I don't like my nose. So like, to me, it's like, I don't want to draw more attention to something I don't like. Yeah. So it was always like, to me, I was like, I don't like my ears. I don't, I mean, I like my earrings and usually my hair is covering my ears. So it's more like I'm the art is down here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wear these big earrings with my hair. But like, it, it was always so funny to me where it's like, I aesthetically like it, but I don't want to draw attention to that, that because I'm insecure about it. Like, yeah. and that's always where, I don't know. I, and I liked lip piercings, but then I, I was always like, like the science of it where I was just like, how do you make out with a lip piercing? Or like, what do you, you know what I mean? How do you clean it? Like I, and maybe this is because all this stuff was happening when the internet wasn't fully the internet yet. Now it could be like, how do you clean this? I mean, that's pretty much what I did today. How do you clean this? So that's, how, but, that's what you research is how to clean piercings. How do you clean piercings? Um, <laughs> but it is fascinating to me because there's certain, like there's, I feel like white people as a generalization is always just like, like my dad was always like, you get your ears pierced one hole, that's it. And then I look at all my other friends' cultures, my Indian friends, my Middle Eastern friends, my Latina friends, and it's like, pierce it all. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a festival of your face. Like you're getting, you know, my, I have so many friends that have their nose pierced. I have so many friends that have a bunch of different holes in their ears. I, you know, I have friends that septum and that's like, and like, I don't know the, the cultural aspect of it is what I've always enjoyed. And I find it so funny that half the, half the people see it as unprofessional and there's like, you're not feminine. And the other half is like, this is the most feminine thing you can do, or this is the most in touch you can be with your body. And I, I, I think we're opening up a little bit more to accepting piercings and it not being, um, and seeing the beautiful aspects of it culturally. But I think up until pretty recently, if you had more than one hole in your ear, or if you had something other than, I think nose kind of came along a little bit, but it was always seen as this like skater girl, skater boy yeah, mentality. Yeah. Nose piercing just seemed like you're such a rebel, but like now, like no one notices, no one even thinks a, a second about a nose piercing. Absolutely. Um, so I, I wanted to give like a little bit of history because I thought this was interesting. The earliest known evidence of body piercings was in a stone relief from, uh, Nimr I'm going to say this wrong, Nimrud, uh, Iraq. 
that depicts a man with a pierced ear. And that's like the 19th century BC. And the world's oldest mummified body had ear, pier uh, ear piercing. Um, and that's from like over 5,000 years ago. So it's like, this, is, this has been happening forever. Like this has been a part of culture forever. So whenever people are like, it doesn't look right, it's unprofessional. I'm just like, dude, everybody's been doing this forever. Just cause yeah. you don't look good in earrings. That's not my problem. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then um, lip and tongue is um, started in like ancient Africa cultures. Nose and ears started in Israel and then nipples started in Rome. Hey. Yeah, interesting. All right, Rome. Um, and then they just kind of say stuff like from 4,000 to 2000 BC, it was used as a symbol of like royalty and courage, which I can, I can see that, you know, putting jewelry on you. It's always kind of seen as fancy. And then um, in some hunting and gathering societies, body piercings and tattoos has been used as like an initiation, like initiation rites and as a symbol of like so socialization. Can I tell you the most painful piercings? Yeah. Um, and I learned what certain piercings were actually called the dayeth. Um, it's that lump of cartilage on the inner ear. So like, like that. That's, that's the tragus. Oh, then what's the dayeth? I don't know. Oh, this, right? I have that pierced right now. Is that the dayeth? Maybe I don't know I what it's it called. You see it? Ooh, it's cute. It's cute. Um, I think that's one of the most- fu Like fucking like snag it all the time. I'm like, sorry, you can't, I forget it's there. <laughs> what's, oh, what snags it? Hairdressers when they're like oh. brushing out my hair and they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, I've just forgotten it's there. It's just literally like been there for years and I don't even think about it. Did it really hurt when you got it? Um, I remember, I think that might've been the more painful one. It was either that or the tragus was the most painful one. Or no, it was a cartilage up here, which is weird. It was like this. Yeah, that one they say is one of the, I think they call that the the hook or the rook, I mean, the fold inside your upper ear. I got this done in like the back of a van at a festival. <laughs> That's upsetting. That's as, that is so upsetting to hear. That makes me, just anybody that like a friend pierces them or like, yeah. I just. I watched a friend pierce her own leg. I was like, why are you doing that? And she was like, okay. <laughs> What I find really interesting, so I got my ears pierced, um, you know, just like at the, like a mall kiosk where they have a gun Claire. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Claire's whatever. And they're like, that is the worst. Like you absolutely should bring your, you know, son or daughter to a, a piercing tattoo place. They're more sterile about it. They're going to use a needle. It's so much more professional. Those guns, you can't clean them. They're much higher for infection. Like they really are like, it's Ooh. like some teenager that was like taught for two you know two minutes like yeah. you really should absolutely go to like a tattoo piercing place and it's kind of cool you have like your fifth grader and some tattoo guys like what a fun adventure for them but it is if you do want to do it so less infection and safer and it's you know all that you absolutely should go to a tattoo piercing place that knows what they're doing because those kiosks are n no good yeah and don't go to the back of a van yeah, don't don't do anything Maria does. That's I've always that's always been my advice. If Maria did it at 17, it was not the right choice. <laughs> she got to a great place and we're proud of it, but so I, the, okay. I was just going to stick I, up for my 17-year-old self, but it's not now's not the time really. Honestly, no, Amanda, I would say the same thing about my my I might have told this already on the podcast. I remember this so clearly. We were in the West Village. We were all 16 years old. It was actually the weekend I did stand up for the first time. So we're like staying at our aunt's place in Brooklyn. We're doing all these adventures and we go to like this, you know, they sell bongs and whatever they do in the West village. And this, and uh, Amanda got her, God, what did she get pierced? Either her lip pierced, something kind of weird. We'll say it was her, her lip pierced or her eyebrow pierced, something like that. 
and she's like standing there and this guy is about to pierce her and he was just like he was like um would you say she's like literally she's like would you say you're qualified to do this and he goes would you say that you're qualified to actually be 18 or something like that yeah. and she goes touche and then like he peered like because she was 16 years old yeah. and she didn't show id like he knew what he was doing so he's yeah. like fuck off like you have no <laughs> rights here um it was ridiculous um, but everybody got piercings and I was like, my dad will murder me. My dad doesn't even know I'm in New York City right now. Like I'm I'm yeah. about to do stand up. My parents don't know where I am. I'm not gonna come back with a piercing. I was like, I knew my boundaries. <laughs> um, okay, so the most pain painful, the dayeth, um, it says the lump of cartilage on your inner ear above the ear canal. Oh, I think it's I I think it's up there. I think that's where. Okay. And then the helix, the cartilage groove on your upper ear is supposed to be uh, painful. Rook is the fold inside your upper ear the conch around it's like around the outer ear or i don't so some people like pierce this guy here yeah yeah that seems those it seems so hard that hurt it hurts to pinch that um industrial um through the top of the industrial is like that one that's through the top that bar of, that goes from one yeah ear to yeah it goes diagonal through the top of the ear dermal anchor is that the one that you were talking about where it's through the skin i think so yeah where you make a hole for yeah, it. Yeah. The Septum, which is, we know through the nose and then nipple, which I was shocked nipple was so far down because it's sensitive. It's a sensitive part of your area. Yeah. But, and then the least painful are earlobes, lip, uh, navel, nostril, eyebrow, and tongue. So it is kind of interesting that like the ones that we hear people getting all the time, clearly less painful, makes sense. And then those other ones. That's why you always like look at somebody that has something through the upper ear and you're like, I think it's cool, but I'm not going to do that. Can I tell you some unusual ones before yes. we go? That's the list yeah. I made. Um, between the butt cheeks. What? <laughs> between the little, butt cheeks? Between your like butt cleave, you just have a little glimmer of a, a piercing there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, cheek, but with spacers. So like you have a cheek piercing, but like you've like, spread yeah. it out and then and then they said that somebody liked to like stick their tongue out the side of their face if you're into that shit go for it um the corset piercing on the back which is what i think that you're think, yeah that's yeah you're right i think that's what it was called a corset nose bridge but that doesn't seem so unusual dog collar is the same sort of thing that I, we were talking about with the um uh, yeah as a collar and um uh yeah achilles heel or the single point piercings on your legs Ooh, somebody pierces their achilles heel yeah Dude, I've injured that. That's insane to me. Yeah. Like that's one of the, one of the most painful injuries I've ever had. Yeah. Wow. And what other leg piercings? Like, um, just the sort of the same thing, the sort of dermal piercings, but like single like studs down your leg. Oh, like the back, like like um, like when you have um, fishnet stockings on or something. Yeah, pantyhose where it has that line down the back. I think so. That's how I pictured it. There was no pictures, yeah. but that's how I pictured yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm always like. Like, and then you, have you ever seen like those weddings where people are like being hung from their piercings in the air? Yeah. And there's like, um, is it a wedding or is it like a festival? Cause there was a festival. Two people get married. Oh, okay. The there was a festival I, I started getting into and then I ran out of time. It's so funny to me because I, you know, they, there's tons of like advantages and disadvantages. I'll wrap it up. But like, you know, clearly you could get an infection. You could have an allergic reaction to whatever is, you know, the bronze or, or, or silver or whatever is in your body. Um, there's bleeding, there's damage, you know, damage to the nerve. I think everybody always kind of heard that. Um, Eloids. Say it again. 
keloids when i got my tongue pierced there was a scar tissue that pops up it's raised scar tissue like so it, like there was scar tissue around the um the bar underneath my tongue did it go away uh i, don't, I think so yeah i, don't, I haven't noticed uh, it i think it did go but away. like i always heard that it messes with your enamel having a tongue ring oh yeah yeah, yeah. you can like start scratching at that because like you play with it all the time you like move it to one side then you move it to the other side and you're just always running it on your teeth and shit i and find it fascinating that you had a tongue ring with somebody that had an issue with people chewing gum yeah but that's the thing about my misophonia is i find it if i do it does not bother me yeah no because you have control over it um there are people that get some of these piercings for benefits so there is a mixture of acupuncture and why somebody would get a piercing. So the dayeth is supposed to help with migraine relief. The conch is supposed to help with, it's supposed to aid muscle relaxation, relaxation and help combat chronic pain. Uh, the forward helix is supposed to relieve ten, uh, tense muscles and encourage blood circulation. And they actually believe like it tones your face muscles and might even help with wrinkles. And then uh, the helix uh, can help with allergic relief, allergy relief. And if it's uh, pierced at the allergy point, it's supposed to relieve like congestion and sore throat. They don't know if it's, if it's just, um, perceived and, and people are just, um, what's it called? What's it called when people, it's just a coincidence. There's a science term and I can't think of it. Somebody listening knows, but like, they don't know if it's just like, it just happens to be that or, 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 or like it's a, a pseudo symptom, or if it actually is like the acupuncture, you get something pierced in this place. Um, and it has those benefits. Oh, and then, then of course the lobe, um, which most a lot of women have is supposed, it's supposed to be a vision point and it's supposed to um, improve your vision. And that's why like um, uh, pirates would get their ears pierced. It was supposed to help with their vision. So like oh. them having their ears pierced with hoops, there was like a reason they did that. They, but they also, and it's supposed to help with depression, but they actually just think the hormone release of getting pierced and then afterwards is helping with depression. It might not be like you get your ears pierced and you don't get depressed because God knows I've been depressed with my ears pierced. Yeah, but there is there is a little bit of um, piercings connected to acupuncture, which is connecting to some kind of relief. But I don't know. I would love to hear from people that have unique piercings. If anybody has like, I mean, if you have a story of like, you got something pierced and it got like infected and it was the worst decision you ever made. Like, I always think it's interesting where like, everybody's just like, it's so commonplace that nobody talks about like the real uh, cons of getting a piercing. No, I don't know. I don't send us pictures of any of your piercings, but no, we don't want to see genital piercings, nothing like that. No, we don't want to see any of that. I remember finding out my best friend's sister had her like, you know, vagina pierced or something down there pierced. Labia or foot? Labia. I think it was her labia. And I was like, I was too young to have known that. Like I was like 14 and I was like, what? (laughs) I remember, like, I remember she told me and it like blew my tiny little 14 year old mind. I mean, even (laughs) now as somebody that's like pushing 40, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm just like, why? Yeah. Like people are always like, yeah, if you get your clit pierced, like it makes you extra sensitive. And I always felt like, wouldn't it just ruin the sensitivity? I always felt like it would ruin it. I have no idea, but I've always just been like, I'm, I'm very conservative in that area. Like I, and that's, I almost, feel like my dad beat the uh being experimental out of me because like even the idea of getting my eyebrow pierced I was like no my dad said no I know I'm almost 40 but my dad said no (laughs) like (laughs) but but I've always in I've always liked tattoos and piercings I've always been at I've always enjoyed them and thought they were beautiful and interesting and and weirdly brave but I'm not doing it like it's that's always how it's like I'm not doing I you know I have a couple tattoos but like it's still, there's a part of me that doesn't even, I was like, I was young and I'm not doing that anymore. 
I don't know if it's true. I kind of want to get another tattoo. Anyway, okay. tell us about your piercings. We'd love to hear any unique stories about them. You can email us at twonondoctors at gmail.com and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. That would be eating. Peanut butter sandwich is too chewy. It's too <laughs> chewy.